Greetings. This is Chris Peppel. Thank you for listening to my Look to See Me podcast. I hope you're having a wonderful week. Today, I want to talk about joy. You're like, whoa, that's a lot to talk about. I hope all of you have had moments where you have experienced true joy. One of the things that I want to talk about is how do we define that? It's It can be complicated. I mean, there's a long discussion on the difference between joy and happiness. That happiness can be something temporary. Happiness can be something worldly. You get a new car, you get a huge paycheck, win the lottery. But those things don't necessarily always bring you joy. So there's there's a, a big discussion. But when you look up the definition of joy, one of the things is that it's happiness. It's some, happiness caused by something exceptionally good, a, a deep pleasure, elation. It's an emotion, uh, well-being, success, good fortune. But we also know that we hear people talk about finding joy in the midst of the really, really hard times in life. And I can truly tell you that I have faced some really dark times in life. And I have faced times where I didn't know what path I was supposed to be on, and I knew I was making mistakes along the way, and I wasn't where I was supposed to be, but I couldn't figure out how to get on the right path. I've experienced deep grief. I have experienced deep pain because of the actions of others. Just, um, well, I'm not going not, not gonna to go into that, but you've if you've listened to some other episodes, you know I've talked about domestic abuse in the past. And so I've, I've faced some really challenging and hurtful and hard times and grief. But even in the middle of those, there have been moments where I have truly felt joy. Something just brought a deep sensation of just... I, I don't want to use the word happiness because to me it was different. There was nothing to be happy about at the time. But there was a feeling of just pure delight. Something caught my eye. Something beautiful in nature. Somebody said something absolutely encouraging or loving or just uplifting. Maybe it was a, a, that an animal. I, we work with a lot of rescued animals and we have animals of our own. We work with some rescue groups and sometimes just a puppy or a kitten or an older dog coming up to you just brings you a moment of absolute joy no matter how bad your day is. So to me there is a difference. I'm not sure if I can explain it. Maybe maybe you listeners can explain it better between you know I tried to do some research online and see what that is uh, if there's better words for it. But I think that joy for me is deeper than happiness. Joy is something that stays with me. It's a memory that stays with me. And for me, it's not based on any worldly possession necessarily. I mean, yes, there have been times where I've been given a gift and it was unexpected and it made me just really happy. And the thought behind that gift is what brings me joy. It's the thought that somebody cared enough to do that for me. That's the difference for me. Now, people can explain it. You, you do research on this. There's lots of different 
definitions online, blog posts, journal articles about the difference of that. But for me, it's there is a difference between joy and happiness. So joy, if you're, if you're talking about just purely uh, doing medical research, and it says joyful people have less chance of having a heart attack, they maintain a healthier blood pressure, and they tend to have lower cholesterols. There's also research to prove that joy boosts our immune systems, fights stress and pain, and improves our chance of living a longer life. So then how do we find that joy? For me, and it's it's different for everybody, okay? I have friends that truly, and a family member who truly battles depression. So please hear me that when I say it's a narrative, it's a choice. I'm not talking about if you just thought differently, you wouldn't be sad. You wouldn't face grief. You wouldn't battle depression. That There is nothing farther from the truth. If you battle depression uh, or anxiety or, or just experiencing deep grief, we do need more than just us trying to think differently. We need medications. We need counseling. We need ongoing support. So I'm not talking about somebody battling depression or anxiety when I say it's a narrative for me. And I have been a person who have benefited greatly from counseling. I'm, I am appreciative of the counselors that have been in my life who have helped me through some tough times. So even myself, I'm not talking about I just couldn't create another narrative in my head to make life better. I have had times where I have relied on counseling to move me to a better place. But when I say I practice seeking joy, what does that mean? That means that I look for joy along the journey, that I look for moments that can speak to me, whether it's me connecting with another person or allowing that person to connect with me, whether it's opening myself up to opportunities to work with rescue animals and uh, knowing which ones fit into our home and when to say no to some. But we have had wonderful moments when you then see that animal leave your home and go to a forever home. And those memories of helping to train that animal just bring joy. And knowing the thoughts behind the rescue group, the people who were trying so hard to make a difference, there is joy that I can find when I connect with nature, when I just stop and slow down and really just look at my surroundings and find something beautiful. Find that, watch that, watch that snow falling. Listen to that rain. Just listen to the steady beat that you hear. Look for that flower. Look for those shades of purple out in a field. Take time to find that. And you're like, okay, I'm in the middle of a city. Stop and listen. Look for the conversations that can connect you to someone that will give you a new insight, that will spark that joy in you, give you a good memory. Stop and just look at the people around you. Look for the good. Look for the beauty. That is a narrative of joy that I just can't imagine trying to get through my days without learning 
to look for joy along the journey. And it's hard. It's not something that I can just say, okay, I'm going to be a joyful person. Oh, I have to get up every morning and make that choice. I have to have the assurance that something positive, no matter how small, will come my way through the day. It's it's a confidence that there's still something good, no matter what challenge, no matter how hard it is. And like I said, this should be, if, if you're really battling some, some serious issues, this is something that you combine. Don't stop your counseling and say, I can do this, or don't get off your medications and say, I can just find joy. No, even when you're on your medications or taking counseling or struggling with that grief, look and see if you can find and learn to see the moments of good that are there, the smiles. There are times where, you know, I just connect with people online often and I uh, will look at texts or group messages, things, and there's something that just brings me a moment of joy. Somebody trusts enough to share something challenging. That trust is a beautiful, joyful moment when I realize that somebody trusts me with sharing something personal and uh, trusts me enough that I will then give positive encouragement back or at least care and say that I care if there's nothing else, if there's no words for what they're facing. Something funny. People pass along something funny. Affirming. Seeing that people are challenging other people to vote. That people are working so hard to bring positive changes, bring affirming changes to, you know, wouldn't it be amazing if this was a nation that just was known for our equality, known for our uh, justice, known for the grace that just extends across the land? By grace, I mean, you know, understanding that we're all imperfect to a degree and we learn to see the good in others and we learn to stand with others and we learn to create bigger tables so we're sitting with more diverse groups and we're embracing that diversity. Moments like that, see now I'm getting off on a whole sidetrack off outside of joy, but it's moments like that that just bring me joy when I hear somebody say, uh, I went to Pride for the first time and gave free mom hugs. It was so amazing. And they talk about the hugs that they gave and received. Or somebody says, um, you know, I I met a new neighbor last night. And they're uh, from a country that I, I have never met anybody from that country. And I invited them over. And we had just wonderful conversations. And I think we're going to be great friends. Or somebody, you know, tutors in a school and help students catch up. Hearing their story, it brings me that assurance that there's still something good. And when I stop and look at that and then put that narrative in my own life, what's there? Ah, somebody cared enough to ask me how I was doing. What a moment of joy. Just stop and let that sit with you. And why I say I had to change the narrative is because I went through a phase where I, I couldn't see the good. Instead of seeing the person who did ask, I saw the six people who didn't ask. And instead of seeing the one person who did something so sweet and so kind, 
I saw the three people who walked past and didn't. And I would, that was a narrative in my head. That person just walked past me and didn't even care enough to ask, didn't care enough to help. Ah, but I wasn't focusing on the joy that was there. Somebody did. Somebody did ask me how I was doing. Somebody did check in. Somebody did do something really encouraging. Somebody did spark a conversation with me. I had to look. Ah, the, the, the puppy came up to me and for the first time ever just sat in my lap and trusted me enough to brush the puppy. What a, what a great milestone for that puppy to trust enough after it had, uh, had such a challenging start in life. Taking a moment to go outside and just breathe deeply. Okay, it's uh, December, and I do celebrate Christmas during this. I know there's a lot of holidays that people celebrate, but for my family, we celebrate Christmas. And I put up some Christmas lights last night, and just the moment that they came on, it wasn't just happiness. I mean, it's if you can see this, it's the oddest collection of lights. Like across the top, we actually hung some this year. I got some white kind of duct tape type and kind of put up some lights. And they were supposed to be two matching strands that I put together. Ha ha ha. They're two different colors. So it looks really strange. Half the house is one color. Then all of a sudden it goes to this whole different shade of white. Kind of clear. And it's very obvious. And then I've got all different colored candy canes. And then I've got a Rudolph that kind of blows over just with anything. He's not going to make it another Christmas, I don't think. But it was something about those lights coming on. And something about the fact that that's something I love to give my family. Is to put the lights up and turn them on every night. And just look, whether on the inside looking out or outside looking in and see those lights. It just brings up good memories and good, you know, times that other people have invited us over to see their lights. Uh, somebody drove us um, through a lights exhibit one time. We go around driving the neighborhood sometimes and see lights. I remember my great aunt was uh, very, I called her Aint. I don't know how that pronunciation comes around, but she was a very special great aunt. And as she got older, she didn't have children, and she couldn't drive, and I would go pick her up and take her to see Christmas lights, and she loved it. It was, like, so exciting when any of us in the family would come and drive her to see Christmas lights. It just, so that narrative of remembering the joys and tying together the joys Again, I went through a season where I wasn't doing that. I was I was focusing on what wasn't in my life. I think one of the things that helped me change that narrative was seeing the effect of that negativity in other people's lives as they got older. I work with some senior adults, and I can tell the difference between the people who have learned to embrace joy and the people who have never put that narrative in their life. There are some people who I, you know, I know what the conversation is going to be like. And it's not a joyful conversation. It's all focused on negative. It's here's what didn't happen today. Here's what's probably going to happen. It's all going to be bad. I'm not going to like breakfast. I'm not going to like lunch. The people are not going to talk to me in the halls. This is not going to go well. And their entire negative, their entire narrative is, is 
so full of so much negativity that they've never worked through, whether they need to work through it with a counselor or whether it's just their own narrative that they need to work through. They're just not people that are overflowing with joy, that don't even have just an ounce of joy. And yet then there are those people who are so sick and they're struggling with such health issues and they've lost all their family members and they're so alone and you've got to talk to them and they just radiate joy. They just, everything that comes out, they, they will tell you their hurts. They'll tell you the things that they need to tell you. They'll tell you what they need and we'll talk about needs and things like that. But then there's that, um, oh, I was feeling bad this morning. Open my window just in time, open my curtains just in time to see the sunrise. And they're so excited. They'll tell me the colors and they'll tell me when they remembered seeing sunrises in the past. And we just have this beautiful conversation or they'll share, somebody sent me a postcard. I can't get out and go anywhere anymore, but look at this postcard. And so even though they're also telling me the things that hurt and the things I need to know to caregive them, they're, they're just radiating a joy that then is contagious. It, it becomes a good memory for me too. There was a, one, of, one of my favorite people that I uh, helped with uh, caregiving at the end of her life. I would make her guacamole. She was supposed to be trying to, to gain weight, had a lot of health issues. And I would make her guacamole. We would, uh, her family would put avocados there and I would stop in to short. I wasn't there a lot every day, but I would stop in and make guacamole and, uh, you know, try to keep some chips there for her that she would eat. And she loved it. And I was telling you, there's days where I know that guacamole was not necessarily good. There was days that I mixed in whatever was there to make it taste like guacamole. And she just, she would always thank me. And she would say, oh, this is so good. And there were some days where I'm like, I'm pretty sure today's batch is not good. But that memory of her enjoying the guacamole and her getting excited that I made her something. And we would sit and just talk about former memories. She moved around a lot and she would tell me about different places she lived and her kids growing up and she just focused on the joy. And I know that she was so weary and I know that she was in so much physical pain and I know that just there mostly she probably wanted to do was just go to bed and lay down and not even get up. But to stay healthy and get her lungs moving, her blood circulating. She had to get up every day. She had to sit in a chair. And so the, uh, you know, the narrative that was going through her days was she chose joy and she focused on that. And so I think, you know, I, I began to see the difference and I began to hear my own narrative of negativity and the, the, the here's what all's going to go wrong here's what hasn't happened. And I was not focusing on the joy. So my challenge to you is if you're, if you're a religious person, I'm recording this in the season of Advent, uh, one of the candles that you'll light is the candle of joy. And I think about that because Advent is also a time of waiting. And sometimes we think we're waiting for joy. 
And when we think we're waiting for joy, we're missing the joy that's right here, that's already right around us. So I challenge you, do wait. Wait for joy because there's joy ahead. No, have the assurance that something good is going to happen. You know, I just, um, you see people that are in war torn cities at times, and you'll see them singing or somebody playing the piano or playing the violin and creating joy and finding it for themselves in the middle of what has to be a horrible situation. And they're waiting for a bigger joy. They're waiting for a time when their city is not torn apart by war. They're waiting for their rights. There was people, you know, who waited so long to get married in this country at first because biracial couples cannot marry. And now that the uh, LGBTQ plus community members, uh, it's only been in the last few years that they could marry and they had to wait. There's people who were together for 30 or 40 years before the equality act passed and where they could be legally married and some people are still fighting for that that there's a chance that we could lose those rights so there's people that did have to wait for joy but along that way they still found the daily joys those small moments that are just so touching that will keep us going that will remind us that no matter what we're facing, there's still an element of good. There's something in us, there's something in the world, there's something in our community that's still good. It's here. And that assurance and that reminder should bring us a joy if we can connect to it. If we can say, yes, let me let me find my tribe. Let me find my people who bring me that joy. Let me find people who remind me how important love is. Let me find the people who are also wanting to bring joy back into lives, back into their own life, back into the life of others that they love and that they care about. When we can connect that joy, it's also connecting us to a broader community because we're finding people that share similar joys. Even though we thought, I didn't know that person was anything like me. Maybe there's everything about that person is different except the ways that you find joy. That's a connection. We can stand in a moment with somebody incredibly different from us and look out in the world and name that joy together. And that creates a connection that deepens our community. So joy, hang on to it. It's okay to wait for the bigger joys. There's times where we know that equal rights are not here, that justice is not here, that grief is still with us, that we're not on the other side of our abusive situation yet, that there's a lot of pain that we still got to walk through no matter what we're facing. Healing is not yet here. Medical answers are not yet here. So we're waiting for the deeper joy that we hope is ahead. But I hope that you can also build in moments, find, connect with that, those small joys along the journey. And I hope that you recognize it when it's also a big joy that comes your way. Don't miss it. Don't, don't miss those small, small and large joys that we can connect with. Thank you for listening from, to my Look to See Me podcast. I hope that you do have joy on your journey.